Your Honor, we have undeniable evidence that Chance Wilder attempted to hack into multiple bank accounts and steal money. We request the maximum penalty. That's right, Your Honor. Chance Wilder is a menace to society, and we must put an end to his hacking shenanigans. Objection, Your Honor. My client is innocent until proven guilty. We believe there's been a misunderstanding. Chance Wilder is a misunderstood genius, not a criminal. Order in the court. Let's hear the defense's case. Your Honor, I present to you Chance Wilder's latest creation, the Hacker Helper 3000. This incredible software was designed to protect innocent people from cyber threats. Chance's intentions were pure. Objection, Your Honor. This is just a ploy to distract us from the real issues at hand. Indeed, Your Honor. We even have evidence of Chance Wilder's hacking attempts. He's gone so far to have left the digital signature saying, catch me if you can. Chance Wilder, I've heard both sides of the story. Hacking is illegal. Since you like to take wild chances, I sentence you to community service where you use your skills for good, helping organizations protect themselves from cyber threats. Oh man, no money and community service? Shut up and take the deal. Well, there's another good job done by our district attorney, just in case. It was a team effort. And there you go, folks. Justice was brought to Chance Wilder, but I'm pretty sure he'll be up to his shenanigans again. So tune in, and that's your tip of the day to get you on your way. Welcome to Black and Blue, the podcast that's just for you. We bring solutions to everyday problems. We are here to humanize the badge. By interviewing first responders and discussing their trainings, experiences, and publications. Black and Blue airs weekly at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tune in.
the show. And we are live. Let me get this off the screen. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you guys for tuning in. The One Man Rock Band is here again. We had a little bit of technical difficulty behind the scenes. You probably didn't even notice it, but we're still here. We're moving on strong. You know, StreamYards likes to do different things to me when I need it the most, and, and I just have to grow and adapt. But we're here live and in the color having a great time. Welcome to Black and Blue. This is the podcast that is just for you. I am your host, Coach Clee. I'm your motivational speaker, your empowerment coach, your author, and your favorite baker's favorite baker. And I'm here to host this show where we interview law enforcement officers and first responders who are either rookie, seasoned, or retirees. And when we're interviewing them, we, we like to hear about their experiences, their uh, publications, or their trainings. And we got a special guest. He's backstage right now. Some of you may know him, others of you may not. But at the end of this podcast, we are going to know a lot more about him and have fun doing it. This is an interactive podcast, okay? So make sure you put your questions or comments in the comment section because we're streaming on five different platforms right now. We're on two on YouTube, we're on two on Facebook, and we're on one on LinkedIn. So therefore, I cannot see who's in the con or who's on here watching the show. And if you're looking for that shout out, make sure you put your name and where you're from in the comment section. We'll give you that shout out. If you have your question, make sure you put your question in the comment section, and we'll put it on screen and we'll address it accordingly, if and when we can. I understand there's about a couple, like a two second delay from the time that you post until the time that we see it, and we might actually be on a conversation. But we'll get to it. All right. Therefore, make sure you hit the like button because likes are free and likes keep that algorithm going. And we have a lot of fun doing it. This is the podcast where we interview uh, law enforcement officers that if you're looking to jump into the business and be a law enforcement officer, this is your podcast. If you're trying to see how we humanize the badge, how we're real people, how we have real experiences, this is your podcast. If you're looking, you know how a lot of cops are. Sometimes we want to hear cop stories. Other times we don't. I get it. This is still your podcast. So make sure you guys tune in, tag, like, and share. We go live once a week at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we go live with a special guest, and we're going to continue to do that now. We go, uh, I'm sorry, this podcast is sponsored by One Way Publishing. One Way Publishing, it's not in the comment section, but it will be. It will, it's in the description box. It's workwithclee.com. Get this up here. One man, rock man again. There's the website right there. Workwithclee.com. If you're looking to be a guest on the show, that's how you reach out. If you're looking to be a voiceover for the Sergeant B Safe commercial like you just saw, the display, that's how you reach out. If you're looking to write your own book. And I've written five of my own, and they've got many clients that have written their own. Their motto is they could turn a mere thought into a book that's bought. So if you ever thought about writing your own book, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, an autobiography, a cookbook, a children's book, uh, whatever you may think, they could get it done from beginning to end. If it's a thought, they could get it down on paper. But again, yeah, they can explain it way better than I can. So stand by and watch this. I got to pull the file up, so bear with me because StreamYard is not letting me play what I had already posted up here, and we are, here it is, here we go. Publishing. Have you ever wanted to explain something, tell a story, or leave a piece of you behind? Have you ever wanted to write your own book, but not specifically know how to do it? Well, get ready. One Way Publishing's here. We can turn a mere thought into a book that's bought. People need to learn from you. They need to hear that story. Kids need to read that book. Imagine if you wrote your own children's book and get to read it to your kids. Here at One Way Publishing, we can get your fiction, nonfiction, fantasy, instructional, 
what have you, done. All at a reasonable price and definitely a reasonable time frame. And if you don't believe me, ask Sergeant B. Safe. He's working on his right now. He's definitely writing the best chapter of his life. Make sure you check out his cartoon skits that air on the podcast Black and Blue. As Sergeant B. Safe said, that's your tip of the day to get you on your way. And there it is right there. One way publishing and starting to be safe. I promise you, I know you got bombarded with a lot of information, a lot of sponsorship. We got the Griftons out of the way. So now we're going to jump right into the meat and potatoes. And while you guys are here, make sure you tag, like, and share. Hit that like button and share. I got a special guest. Let me pull, get the banners ready. Bam. And boom. There we go. We got retired Sergeant Darren Birch back backstage. We're going to bring him to the stage. He did. He's a former military uh, not officer, former military um, uh, um, enlisted guy. Uh, he did four years in the Army, a whole Army leads away, as you guys already know. He did over 30 years in law enforcement in various capacities, whether it was bike patrol, whether it was uh, patrol, uh, working specialized units. I'm not going to take the shine away from him. He's going to explain all that. He's also a host of the Bad Badge Boys uh, podcast and TV show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, not only did that, he's the author of, as you see it going uh, scrolling below, Twisted But True. Not Twisted But True 1, not Twisted But True, but True 2, but all three. He's got a trilogy out there of amazing stories. And I got to listen to, to, to the first book while I was on Night Shift, and I was letting Audible play, and they are hilarious, wonderful stories. And we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to bring them to the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we got Darren Birch. Darren, can you hear me? I sure can. Perfect, perfect. Darren, I appreciate you making yourself available and coming on the show. And I know that I've been talking for these past 11 minutes and 49 seconds. So, therefore, I'm going to pass the mic over to you <laughs> Excuse me, by asking this question. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I was a very average uh, kid growing up. Uh, I was teeny. Uh, I wrestled um, 98 pound weight class. Wow. <laughs> I was teeny. My nickname <laughs> was Boo. And I, uh, uh, you know, wrestling uh, really kind of fed my soul um, track and field. Mm -hmm. uh, I like, you know, the whole athletics, but I was teeny, you know, so I'm not going to be on basketball. I'm not going to be a football star. So uh, <clears throat> I, um, I just loved, you know, um, wrestling. I, uh, right before graduation, me and some buddies went out and mm -hmm. kind of talked about how I was small. Uh, the, um, we were going to a, a huge keg party mm -hmm. and in the desert, a desert party, 30 kegs, um, you know, backyard bands, that sort of stuff, you know, mm -hmm. uh, luckily we had a uh, designated driver. Mm -hmm. uh, he, and to date myself, this was an AMC Pacer uh, in the 70s. And uh, we're coming back from this party. There was too many uh, guys and not enough girls. So, of course, a fight breaks out. That's what yes. always happens. Yes, it does. Yeah. So as we're driving back, we're behind this uh, slow-moving vehicle. Um, unfortunately, the vehicle behind us, which was a, a Javelin, again, dating myself. It's kind of like mm. a... Um, uh, Camaro, if you will. Okay. And it ended up passing on the right side of this desert road, two lane road, and mm -hmm. lost control. Uh, right as they were trying to get back on, they crashed. They ended up careening into a power pole. 
the uh, transformer blew up. Yeah. It was just, you know, at that moment, as our designated driver slowing down, I had this, I don't even know what you call it, obsession, a compulsion. Mm-hmm. I had to get out of that car and run to the vehicle that was in distress, a one vehicle mm-hmm. accident. Um, the, he was slowing down, bless his heart, Ben, the driver, and I couldn't contain myself. I literally jumped out the window of the car, moving car, ran to this uh, vehicle that had collided into this power pole uh-huh. and wrapped around it. I tried to open the, uh, the outer door, if you will, and n- now knowing what we know being cops, we know that's the least likely door you're going to open. Exactly. And uh, it was dark. I run around the front. I trip over something. Uh, I'm kind of like in a hand... Um, excuse me, a push-up position with my hands on the ground mm-hmm. and it's like mush. And I, it's like, this is a desert. There's no, there's no water. There's no mush. There's yeah. desert. And I realized I'm literally um, in this, you know, position, this, you know, prone, if you will, position mm-hmm. on a body is this young girl who was um, ejected out of the windshield. And this is time before the tempered glass. So the shards mm-hmm. of the windshield just was a meat grinder, bless her heart. Wow. Wide open. She was dead right where she lay. Um, I froze probably for, I don't know how long, truth be told, but by the time I, I realized what was going on, I got up, went to the other side where the impact was, was able to open the door. My buddies joined me. So obviously I wasn't, you know, stalled too long in that, that right. shock. Uh, we were able to get the, um, uh, she was the passenger who was ejected. So we first able to get the driver out. Mm-hmm. carry him to our car then i go in and i'm small to my point being i'm teeny i am so <laughs> teeny there was like there wasn't even a discussion who's going in the car because it was such a damage that there was a small little opening to get through the, mm-hmm. the wreckage and so we get i get in we get out the uh backseat passenger i'm feeling pretty good about myself you know um we all are we go back and by this time we realize the car is on fire wow it's not like in the movies where it explodes. I, I know that can happen, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it was a small trickle and just kind of building in from the trunk area. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's a two-door kind of car, big um, sports car. As I'm going through to get the last person, a young lady, um, blonde hair, still see it vividly in my eyes. Wow. I reach her, and, I'm, uh, and I, you know how when you go through something tragic, time kind of goes slow. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can precise thoughts. You can see the place of grass. I mean, you know, having been in a few shootings, you know, it just things just slow down to where you just deal with it. I remember thinking as I put my hands on her, mom is going to be so happy with me. Whoever this mom is, and I was a product of a single mother. So mm-hmm. I guess that's why I went right to the mom. I was thinking, you know, she's going to love me. You know, I'm mm-hmm. saving her princess. And I start to pull on her and she won't budge. I cannot get her out because the uh, lap seat belt. Mm -hmm. So, you know, luckily I didn't freeze. I go down, I try to unhook it and uh, press it by a simple button mechanism. It's Mm -hmm. just real simple and it's jammed. And that's why they changed the the type of uh, seat belts that Mm -hmm. we currently have today from the old style lap seat. Uh, It jammed. I could not open it, could not open it. Now the fire has reached the back end. I'm getting, you know, the the little pricks on uh, my body's betraying me. Uh, I'm keep reacting to the, fu- to the flames. Um, I'm telling myself, I got one more shot at this, right? So I go back, you know, focus, I'm getting burned. I got, you know, very minor scars from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm able to get a hold of her. I pull one more time and I'm just not 
thinking clearly. I'm thinking I can just use my little muddy mouse might and pull her out of that seatbelt, and it's just not going to happen. The, the you know the um, the simple um, mechanics of it isn't going to you know that's why there is a lap seatbelt. It keeps right. you tied in, and thankfully. My buddies, uh, I don't even know how much my body was fully into the car, but mm -hmm. clearly they were able to pull my, uh, my, my tiny little shoes out, pull me out as the car is now fully engulfed. Wow. Uh, I'm sitting there watching her burn to death before my eyes, and thankfully she was unresponsive with me. Uh, mm -hmm. Otherwise, maybe we might have been able to figure out something and get her out, but mm -hmm. thankfully she was unresponsive, and so I don't have that pain, that horror of her right. you know, screaming but the way the fires having been a homicide guy you, you know how the fire reacts with the your um appendages they they bow and bend and so forth and almost like a fetal kind of thing yeah. and that's what she was doing the fire just uh automatic if you will the body mm -hmm. and I, I just it was it was so horrific i just cried like a baby i'm just sitting there as my buddies are trying to console me just crying mm -hmm. but later what i got out of it was i was able to react to a horrific event um didn't panic mm -hmm. and though i i realized the reality of of these things uh, the harsh reality of these these one vehicle accidents uh, the mm -hmm. dui driver survives without a uh, a blemish uh this poor girl burns to death doing the right thing being seatbelted in mm -hmm. um but that told me that i could be a cop it's not that I ever wanted to be a cop. I, I didn't watch Adam and 12 as a kid. Again, I'm dating myself with the 60s. I didn't watch TJ Hooker as an adult. You know, I, I but I always cared about people. I always mm -hmm. love people, love helping. I'm the guy who would stop and help, you know, a little lady across the street, you know, even if she didn't want to help. Uh, that was who I was. So um, it made sense for me to be a cop, but it really wasn't until I joined the Army uh, as a young married guy right out of high school, got married. And there's two things my uh, wife realized very quickly. One is she didn't want to be married. And the second, she didn't want to be a mother. So I was left with a six-month-old baby. Wow. A father, as you know, buddy, in the Army, uh, I don't know how it is now or when you were in, but there was no mechanism for a single father. Oh, no. Airborne. I mean, you know, you need to go to field exercise. You're going to field exercise. You know, you figure it out. Yep. So uh, I did my four years and uh, got out. And the reason I became a cop, there's so many great stories out there, you know, like like with you, you know, your father was a cop, uh, you know, 9-11 happens, people want to be a cop, you know, all these good stories. Mine was self-interest. I had a young son, uh, you know, was still in diapers uh -huh. and I needed some security. So I became a cop, but uh, it, it ended up serving me well. Wow. Interesting enough that... Uh no matter what the reason you got into the job it turned out to be very beneficial you learned a lot from it and not only did you learn a lot uh you're able to give back in the, the form of your podcast and your book um but but I, before we continue i want to say uh that heartfelt story I, i'm sorry um that i know that was kind of that's a monumental moment in your life and that's also in the book i heard when i remember hearing you describe it i'm like wow and, and, and I'm like, how is this going to turn out to be a humorous book when we're <laughs> like this? I'm, right. I'm already engaged, but I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be another heartbreaking. <laughs> Excuse me. But therefore, you jump right into the book and, and you continue on with story after story. And like I told you backstage, I'm listening to it on Audible. I'm going down one of our roads uh, and, and one of the um, 
in the areas where I, we patrol and I'm listening and and I stop on this windy road. I hit some leaves and I'm in an all out laughter at three o'clock in the morning. Just listening to some of these stories, some of your experiences. Uh, no, knowing well, before we get into all that, tell us a little bit about your law enforcement career. Um, what I know you've worked on specialized units and uh, what what. What, what, what are some things that stand out on your, some of your experiences while working in law enforcement? Yeah, when I joined the Army, uh, excuse me, when I, when I was in the Army, I was with the uh, 101st Airborne. I was a repel master. I was military intelligence. You know, I, I spoke Russian, copied Morse code. I did all these sort of things, uh, you know, skydiving, you know, not with the 82nd Airborne, but with some buddies who were with the 82nd Airborne. Uh, so I just assumed that when I, and I was in really good shape. For being small, I grew a little bit. I was probably a you know, buck 50 at that point. Uh, but, 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 uh, um, I just assumed I'd be going, you know, SWAT SAU is what the Phoenix uh, version of SWAT is. It's funny how you just kind of go down this life has these streams. You just find yourself going down the streams and I just end up loving patrol. And I won't lie. I had some, um, uh, I guess you would call it PTSI or PTSD regarding the, um, that, collision that that crash having not been able to save her uh that haunted me uh i couldn't wear a seatbelt i was always out of policy as a patrol officer i never wore seatbelt even though the one girl was ejected out because she wasn't wearing a seatbelt but being trapped in the car just uh so i was always out of policy as a cop i can admit it now statute of limitations is over yeah it's yeah, nice so, retired you can come clean with a lot yeah, of stuff exactly exactly truth right it's so so liberating so uh <laughs> 10 years really i was obsessed with saving lives i just loved patrol i didn't want to promote i didn't want to go anywhere i just want to stay in patrol and just save lives so i was a guy who's shagging all the radio calls when my buddies were doing all the ov work and having fun with stops and looking for dope and whatnot i would just literally go after the radio calls you know 20 25 radio calls at phoenix a night uh mm-hmm. love the night shift that's when the most yep life-saving opportunities you know reveal themselves and uh i was in a shooting um early one one morning as i'm getting off work right uh it's the banks just open up it's a ugly shooting um he was a, a prolific bank robber uh-huh. and i this one story in the book that i actually try to become a a writer you know when people say you know you're a writer i said well i'm an author I don't know if I'm a writer, but I'm an author. Um, I understand. The, yeah, right? There's a distinction there. Uh, <laughs> the hardest thing about writing a book is tr- having the publisher turn your Crayola into print. That's the hardest thing. But I, I, uh, I really did try to put the reader in my shoes in that shooting because I really wanted to do a couple of things with that shooting. One is show people it's not always what you think it is. Every cop understands what I'm saying when I say, you know, uh, there's a reason why there's more shots than you think there should be. There's a reason why if someone points a gun, they're going to get shot. Unlike the movies where everyone's pointing guns at each other and just talking the whole time while pointing guns yeah. at each other. Uh, you know, that doesn't occur, or at least it shouldn't occur. Right. Um, and so in the, in the in that story, the shootout where I was in, a sh- uh, I've been shot at three times in the department. And this okay. one I spent a lot of time on. But it was funny because when that occurred and I ended up, you know, surviving it, obviously, uh, I can't say the same for the bank robber, mm-hmm. but I, I got a lot of attention. And next thing I know, they're wanting me to go up to 
bike squad, the um, you know street crimes unit, stuff like that. I can't mm -hmm. if you will hide and patrol anymore. I'm being called out, and uh -huh. it's one of those things like in the army when someone asks for you, you go, you just do. You know what I mean? It's one of those yeah. things. So uh, I ended up becoming a detective, and man, loved it. Um, I wasn't the best street cop. I, I love saving lives, but mm -hmm. you know, I was no, you know, uh, <laughs> I was not a big difference maker in the in the in keeping the uh, um, city cl safe at night. Um, not at, at buck fifty. I'm not, but uh, um, I love detective work. I love the follow up. I love catching mm -hmm. criminals. I found myself working, you know, up to uh, sex crimes. Because of some mm. personal issues of life um, mm. with my family, I really always uh, had a, a pension. I guess um, wanting to solve those type of crimes. Gotcha. So I uh, worked sex crimes. I had some homicide ones that I mm. worked, uh, sadly, and I just loved it. Um, I was ready to call it a day. You know, twenty years on, I had worked everything. I had you know worked everything from burglary to homicide. Mm. Um, and as a single father, I remarried um, a beautiful wife, had a little girl, and my son and me were just best friends. Now he's, uh, you know, in his early 20s. Um, I'm ready to retire. Me and him are going to go and um, do some video stuff. I like video work, which is kind right. of, like, you know, uh, remember Wayne's World? I was kind of like the first Wayne's World guy, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah, I even remember my, my spiel. Um, but anyways, I won't bore you with that. So I would do these uh, shows and just loved it. So I thought, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to retire, put my 20 in, you know, small pension. And then uh, my son passed away, uh, tragically, a medical uh, at age 25. And yeah, it just, it broke me. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. It, it absolutely broke me. At the time... I was working in homicide as a, a night detective sergeant, ready to call it a day. As I said, I had reached my pinnacle mm -hmm. and uh, it, it, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I, I, I had my three days, you know, bereavement leave. I yes. had two weeks, what they call vacation. Um, the hell of a vacation as I'm saying my, uh, um, yeah. yeah, my skivvies just sitting in, you know, just not wanting to, to live. Yeah, and okay. as I was going, went back to work doing homicides and at night detectives in Phoenix, at least what we did is we primarily focused on the other homicides other than the uh, difficult unsolved murders. We would do the uh, decoms, we would do the industrial deaths, we would do suicides. And this happened on December 20th. So in the December, as you know, buddy, um, suicides are bad. You know, yep. The, yep. November, December, and January is worst time for suicides. People yep. are either really, really happy or really, really sad. Yep. And I would be going to these suicides, looking at these young men, and I would see my son. Mm. And it was just, I couldn't do it. Mm. And thankfully, a, a lieutenant reached out, and who I had worked for when I was in um, uh, sex crimes, and said, I need someone for child crimes. And it saved my life. I ended up going to child crimes. I became an advocate in terms of those children, uh, mm -hmm. different kind of cases where you could be part advocate. Um, you know, first thing we tell them is you're in a safe place, you know, it's, um, and then we can hand them a doll and, and then we can talk about, you know, good touch, bad touch, and all those sort of things. Uh -huh. And so that instilled in me this advocacy where I really didn't have that. I, I had this life-saving 
um, obsession, but I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a bleeding heart kind of guy. I just wasn't, you know, put bad guys away and mm -hmm. say, well, that's all I want to do. And now because of child crimes, I, I just really embraced that part of me. And that went into my next phase, which was really the end cap of my career, which ended up extending to a 30 year career was, was crime stoppers. Uh, I loved kind of doing TV and radio and, and so forth back in my early days. Uh huh. Even though I'm not tall, dark, and handsome, I'm short, pale, and average. Uh, I love the camera, even though the camera doesn't love me. I love talking on the radio. And that was a perfect gig because I had worked everything from burglary to homicide. So I could mm -hmm. really tap into those crimes that can be best solved through the mechanism of the community. You know, your barroom shootings. Every barroom shooting, there's witnesses that know who did it. You know, oh, yeah. uh, so all the hit and runs, you know, where you can really talk about a very difficult to solve crime where you, you don't even have a crime scene that drove away. Uh, yeah. Now you ha can talk about how the person's going to change. I remember one particular one that was devastating to his poor father. He had loads of money. He kept wanting to throw a bunch of money at it. And I was like, Hey, I just need some TV time, some live TV time where yeah. I can talk about how this person will change this person who drove a white truck. How many white trucks are there in the world? But I was able to talk about the time, the location, mm. uh, think in terms of this might be a mode um, where he, this is where he might travel every week. You mm. know, we have to kind of make that um, leap to see if we can cultivate some tips and then mm. talk about how this person will change because there's more good people than bad people. They're mm. funny, immensely so. Mm. Um, as cops, we see the bad, right? But yes, we, we even know there's so many good people. I mean, it's a small fraction of the bad that are repetitive offenders. Mm -hmm. So talk about the likelihood that this was a, just a normal guy who didn't have the moral compass to stop. He, the, the young man was jaywalking, you know? And so that tip, that my articulating that type of criminal profile, if you will, of wrong place, wrong time, lack of moral compass, did wrong thing, might have been coming from go to work coming from work was an odd time mm -hmm. he nailed it the, the owner called who he worked for said you know this guy he wants to leave the country he's you know from mexico blah 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 it was the guy so wow. those type of crimes can be solved through crime stoppers work mm -hmm. you know so i love that and then I, at, after 30 years i'll just be honest with you buddy um my my sad you know, I always call it my uh, my um, uh, happy meter was pegged. You know, I didn't have any more. I just was, you know, with all, you know the PTS that you see in the, our job. That's why I was called I. Uh, it took its toll. You know, and I was just kind of done. I knew, noticed I wasn't as happy. I'm doing a lot with parents of murdered children. I need to be um, inspirational, powering, uh, because there is no worse loss it just isn't yeah. and i just felt like i wanted to avoid them more than embrace them so it's like i'm i'm done i need to retire yeah. so i had no plan i really didn't and i'm um sitting in the studio doing my my um at a rock and roll station studio doing one of the many gigs i did as the crime stopper sergeant which uh -huh. is a face or a voice better better for me to be that voice and as i'm doing the radio um I'm talking about the crime of the week, the whatever it may be. And at the end, they always wanted me to do a super suspect story. And I kind of like doing dumb Darren dilemmas. I, you know, there's so many more of those. They're really I like good. That. <laughs> yeah. 
like locking yourself out of a patrol car in the middle of a four-car pileup, right? So, yeah. I was laughing at that story, too, by the way. Go ahead. How could you not, right? <laughs> and again, I was so obsessed with saving lives, you know, slammed the door, and right when I slammed it, like, I locked myself out. Oh, man. <laughs> Sirens blaring. Lights going. Biggest intersection of the Phoenix. And uh, and I have two drunks. I got to put it back in the cell. Anyways, so... um. I digress so badly. So I tell these stories, they connect. So one day I'm coming out of the uh, studio and a guy walks up to me and I'm in uniform and he says, you're Sergeant Burks, uh, Twisted But True Tales, which is what I coined uh, that segment of that that gig I did. And uh, I said, yeah, how are you doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. Nice guy. And he said, you need to write a book. And I kind of laughed because I'm not going to write a book. Right, right. Just a dumb cop, come on. <laughs> and uh, he's just seriously, they're so funny. And this is after I've told a lot of these wild stories, like the guy who was doing a chicken in his truck, um, you know, talk about choking the chicken, uh, <laughs> you know, chasing a cow down the street. Um, <laughs> the one story that kills me is um, the Good Samaritan. And in, in my first book, um, if you hit that point, basically, it's a guy two guys go to the hospital both are bad shape one had a uh a sexual assault committed against them uh-huh. uh, so we understood the other guy is beat to a pulp and the other guy beat to a pulp is a suspect but it just didn't ring true something was wrong with this case as i looked at it i what happened is the guy who was supposedly um anally uh, uh <laughs> violated uh-huh. And violated himself with a beer bottle and he got it stuck called his neighbor mr good sam uh, yeah, yeah. he comes in to the rescue unfortunately it tug and tug it didn't work and there's yelling they're screaming someone's screaming that they didn't hear the the victim's son who was a marine coming home from leave coming into the garage and beat the living crap out of this poor good samaritan so anyways these type of stories i would share and what i would do for the radio is i would literally write them because radio is all about you know time right it's, uh-huh. it's that's why podcasts are so awesome and by the way brother you're really good at what you do and thank you for having this platform and getting thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um yeah so so with radio it's very fast succinct you know statement joke statement joke statement, yeah, joke. yeah. So i had them outlined it was perfect for a book i really could so i went ahead and got them all together and thought you know what i'm going to do this as a fundraiser for the crime stoppers program 100 uh donating my own money we did such a good job when we we took over and again it's we right i'm just the, the face and i'm bad one at that um my my crew is the one grabbing these tips that I'm mm-hmm. soliciting, and we end up increasing the rest by fifty percent. We were hurting the bank at the at the, the mm-hmm. crime stoppers program, so I wanted to kind of give back and help them. So hundred percent went to that. Never in a million years did I think it would blow up on Amazon. I, you know, I thought my buddies and friends might get it. They didn't buy it, but all these strangers did. <laughs> right? Is that weird? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. I know. Yeah. And uh, so that led to me again, you know, getting a lot of attention on the book, which wasn't, and I made it intentionally family friendly. Even though there's a story about Good Samaritan, uh, as you know about the, um, oh, the, uh, um, 
uh, vacuum cleaner uh, incident. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I'm trying to be subtle with some of these things. Um, yeah, these are bad. You know, that is, if you will, the family-friendly version. So uh, I, I write the story, and it ends, sadly, with the death of my son. So the first book ends with a tragedy with the twisted metal of the car crash, ends with the death of my son, where I had to go to court on his birthday, his first missed birthday on a big, yeah. big serial murder trial. Yeah. And the one criticism I got on the book was what happened to him. So I didn't want to write the second book because I wanted to avoid that. I was, you know, it was hard enough writing what I wrote. This, as you know, buddy, it was a funny book. I mean, 85% is funny. And yet I was crying during a lot of it because it brought up these things about my son and whatnot. And so I wrote the second book. And during that process, ID Channel got involved. They wanted a, a murder story. I told them I have one. I ended up getting uh, on ID Channel's American Detectives, Kenda, the season finale, a story from book two, Oxygen mm -hmm. Channel Call. They wanted something. It just kind of, the whole thing blew up. Um, I'm deciding to put the book out because now I can fix all those errors I let go, right? It's the first edition. Now we're going to have a second non-error-free edition. Uh -huh. And so I... Uh, um, went out and sought this uh, local legend who's a disc jockey, just a great guy. Mm -hmm. uh, had a great show, kind of like Howard Stern. In fact, he worked mm -hmm. with Howard Stern. Okay. And went to him and said, hey, I would love just something, you know, Dave Pratt says this didn't stink too bad. You know, something, you know, that as a, a review on the front, um, he did. A year later, he's thinking to himself, you know what? We have Jason Schechterly, who's this inspirational icon who has yeah. the most incredible survival story yep. and then we have this idiot who knows about radio and well i could put them together and thus the badge boys was born and i've had such a beautiful retirement based on happenstance you know just putting yourself out there so any advice i would give to those retiring is put yourself out there we can't turn off like a, a light switch right we we have a heart we we give that's what we do. So mm -hmm. continue that and you'll find a nice path. Wherever that path leads you, it's going to be a good thing. Absolutely. Man, yeah, hey, that was entertaining and you covered a lot. And, I, I, and we're, we're going to hold on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We're going to come right back. I got to get a certain be safe in here real quick. And we're going to jump right back into the interview because you dropped a lot of golden nuggets. and You dropped a lot of uh, truth and, and experiences. And, and we're going to go ahead and move forward with that. But stand by. I got to do it the old school way because StreamYard, again, isn't letting me do it. There we go. Here it comes. Five, four, three, two, and... Settle down, class. Sergeant B, safe, and Captain Chaos, you're here. Hooray! I'm just here to educate and keep people safe. Hello, Maya. We heard that there were some safety concerns in this classroom. And I thought it would be a great chance to showcase my superhero skills. Thank you for joining us, Sergeant B. Safe and Captain Chaos. We've been discussing school safety and the importance of education. Absolutely, Miss Gaynor. Safety and education go hand in hand. Let's start by talking about school safety. And remember kids, safety doesn't have to be boring. We can make it fun and exciting. For instance, take a look at this example, Maya. 
We're always told to walk in the hallways and not run. Yes, Sergeant B, say we learned that running can lead to accidents. But what if we could run safely, like superheroes? That would be awesome. <laughs> That's right, Captain Chaos. We can use our imagination, but we must always prioritize safety. Thank you for emphasizing the importance of safety, Sergeant B, safe and Captain Chaos. Now, let's talk about the importance of education. Education is its own superpower, Maya. It opens the door to endless possibilities. And with knowledge, you can conquer any challenge that comes your way. I want to learn everything and become a superhero like you, Sergeant B, safe and Captain Chaos. You absolutely can, Maya. Remember, education is the key to unlocking your true potential. And remember, even superheroes never stop learning. We're always discovering new things. Hooray! Thank you, Sergeant B. Safe and Captain Chaos, for reminding us of the importance of safety and education. It's our pleasure, Mrs. Gaynor. And remember, kids, stay safe, keep learning, and you too will be unstoppable. And don't forget to have a little fun along the way. And that's your tip of the day to get you on your way. And that was a word from Certain Be Safe. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, I'd like to give a couple shout outs to those voiceovers. However, they know who they are and they don't want me to say anything. So that's the best the best shout out that they're going to get for that. But we're going to jump right back into this interview. We've got retired Sergeant Darren Birch, the author of Twisted But True. And he, he already elaborated on some of the stories. And I don't want to go too far and dig too hard into this book because I want you guys to experience it for yourself. And trust me, it is you will enjoy it. You will you will learn from it, and uh, some of the uh, some of my my favorite stories, and there's many of them. Of course, we talked about the vacuum guy, and and as this story is evolving, and I'm hearing about it, uh, it starts off one way. I'm like, where is this going to end up leading? And and I'm I'm hearing details and description on uh, witness accounts and 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 so forth and so on, and the way it starts. It doesn't finish that way. And there's another story about the masseuse. Uh, it seemed like a very <laughs> professional. <laughs> and, 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 and you hear this, and I, I, it's crazy because I can visualize. I dealt with people on both sides as the victim or the quote unquote victim and the suspect or quote unquote suspect. And you, I, I like, I can see people that could fit those roles. There was also uh, the bank robber story. I know that you discussed that in the beginning as well. And again, you, you talk about how things slow down, uh, how you can remember things. And at the time you think things happen one way. And then as you debrief and learn, uh, and see, you, you actually find out that there's so many moving parts and so many moving pieces and by the way, I, I, I want to put this out there. In a major incident, every single officer does not need to be on the radio at the exact same time giving out uh, needless information. I just got to point that Thank out. Thank you. That's a pet peeve. Uh, I think of a lot of officers like, I'm on team. And, and you're putting out, you can't get out on the radio when something's going on. 
that you need to have priority. And so therefore, that's another story that I was like, I can relate to that just on that simple, simple incident in itself. And I'm not, again, I'm being very vague on how I describe it because I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge pucker factor. Not being able to talk on the radio and being shot at. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I would not. I can't. I'm glad you made it out unscathed. Uh, I know that's a tremendous story to share. I cannot imagine. I, I don't know what I'd be more uh, in fear, more focused, or more angry in that situation just because of everything that was going on. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So, th therefore, you, you, I, yeah, wanted to get into retirement. Um, tragedy struck um, with your son, and I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, you had a certain plan and it um, evolved a different way where now you're the host of badge boys uh and you, you're the author of uh twisted but true who is your target audience or who who resonates with your stories and and your humor the most yeah uh, great question uh you know i wrote it thinking i'm gonna be writing um you know to the choir preaching to the choir right yep. you know young young people that think about being a police officer uh but because I like the deprecating humor, it's easy. I'm an easy target. So, it's, you know, you go with your strengths, you know, <laughs> which is my weakness. And so uh, the deprecating humor kind of just kind of connects and helps humanize the badge. If we can laugh at ourselves and yeah. not take things too seriously, you know, when it's okay to do so, um, I think. It, and so I end up thinking I'm targeting fellow police officers, those who, you know, bleed blue that will want to buy the stupid book and, you know, give some money to a nonprofit. In actuality, uh -huh. it really connected with what I call the murder moms, uh, moms that love murder stories, murder movies. Uh, they're all over, you know, ID channel and our channel, so they're always getting a hold of me uh, uh -huh. at conventions and conferences and whatnot. Uh, they love it because it's short stories. I always joke that you know, it's a perfect bathroom book because if you don't like it, you know, two minutes later, there's another story. And if you don't like that one, then you can use this toilet paper. I mean, you know, it just it's just it's the book that just keeps giving. So there's 30 <laughs> fast chapters. Um, you know, I'm not a grammarian. They're not written like I'm supposed to be, you know, uh, you know, John Patterson. You know, it's just like an old guy sitting on the porch telling you a story. Yeah. Uh, it's just because I had this obsession. I had so many of these stories, you know, I, you know, I mean, I later learned that, you know, most cops and I'm taking a huge leap here that don't go 25 radio calls a night. And yet, you know, that's what I was, you know, I just, you know, just loved going and going, and going, uh, my career went very fast because of it, but I have all these stories and, and I have this little bit of a black cloud. A lot of cops know what I'm talking about. We're a, uh, uh yeah, you're that guy. Yeah. 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 And so things just, like how did this happen and so as i as people tell these war stories i kept thinking yeah but do you you know anything about the vacuum cleaner or the beer bottle or you know i got all these other bizarre twisted stories that just you know creep you out if you can you know <laughs> and they're funny you yeah know? yeah and tragedy is is comedy with distance right as long as there's enough distance you know we're not gonna be i don't think i'll ever joke about jumping a ramsey right but right, there are certain right. tragedies that you know are funny over a period of time especially when they're to you right yeah. and so you know, i i just love doing that and writing these the book and i just didn't foresee it becoming a second book 
a third book, um, TV shows, you know, movie in the works. You know, it's just weird how it just kind of blossomed. And I'm sure I failed horribly uh, answering your question. But, <laughs> you know, it's funny how life takes you down these paths. And mm -hmm. retirement for me has been truly a blessing. And I, I, you know, I didn't foresee that. I, I, you know, I miss my son every single minute of every single day. Uh, but it's about surviving. And when, after a certain point, when you survive, then you can move forward. Mm -hmm. you know, there's no closure. There's, you know, these things that people say, and they mean well, um, you know, comparing, I don't know how many times I'd have someone that would read the book and they say something like, oh my God, I read the end. And, and I've given away a lot of the books. So I apologize for that for people that want to read the book because um, you don't know these things until the end. So, yeah, you know, yeah. spoiler alert failed miserably should have been in the beginning <laughs> but um you know some will come up and say you know i know how you feel i lost a cat and you know it's like you know the cat is everything to you i get it but uh, trust me it's, it's not like losing a son it just isn't trust me um but it, it can help people so your question now i talked long enough i could remember what the question was <laughs> um the target audience now to me is those who have gone through some adversity that needs something to help them through it. And mm -hmm. that was what the motive was the second book. The first book was all about me telling a funny story, somewhat family friendly, believe it or not, yeah. in our twisted world right. and, and telling a story and being entertaining. The second book was about the adversity. And so I went more deep into the stories. They're more perfect for ID channel and oxygen mm -hmm. channel and some of those things There are cases and so forth that work that are, Horrific. Uh, talk about my loss. What happened, my son? The details. Mm -hmm. What happened? How it happened? And how I, I eventually not just survived it, not just moved forward, but truly, like we do as first responders, as cops, we want to help people, save lives. And so mm -hmm. I still feel like I can do that with this book in terms of what what I found, and I still be entertaining. <laughs> and then the third book was well, it's got to be a trilogy, right? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. It's got to be. So the third book, in all honesty, I wrote the third one because the, the second one also ends at a very horrific note. Again, I don't know why I keep putting these bookends of tragedy in these. I, I just, I guess that's where I go. You know, that's how I begin. That's how I end. Uh -huh. So the third book, I told myself, I got to make it uplifting at the end. We got to end this thing, you know, because I'm running out of crayons. We got to end it and I need to put it in a happy place. And so I, I tried and hopefully, hopefully I succeed. So okay. that's the target audience. It's really anybody and everybody. Gotcha. Gotcha. That I appreciate that. And thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Listen, I got the, uh, I was listening to an episode of Badge Boys and I was uh, listening to you guys as a, a mix on, uh, like you said, you're, uh, Jason, I'm, I know I'm going to butcher the name. I apologize. Uh, and, and, and he comes in with an incredible story, and you come in uh, with the gift of gab, uh, very humorous and all. How do you guys? How did you guys mesh that to have such a successful uh, show and podcast? Uh, thank you for that question, because I just love talking about Jason Schechterly, and uh, you know, locally he's without a doubt a legend. But even mm -hmm. in the law enforcement world, anyone's been on enough time not the new guys probably but you know if you have any time you've been retired you know who i'm talking about jay sheckley he was in a crown pick uh when the the um 
gas, um, what do you call it? Gas tank. I couldn't think yeah. of the word tank. Yeah, I'm a great, a great storyteller. Uh, <laughs> the gas tanks would explode and on impact, and a lot of officers were injured and died. Um, he survived injuries you shouldn't survive. He right. happened to be literally a block from, at that time, the number one burn center in the country. Wow. He was literally a block away. First miracle. Second yeah. miracle. There's a, a fire truck on the way to somewhere on the other side of the intersection when the when the um, taxi cab collided into him at like 100 some odd miles per hour and which turned his, his patrol car into a fireball. They're literally there already on the scene. Wow. Um, when does that happen? Yeah. Number two, they were the right fire crew. They knew what they're doing. They did this. I hate to use it, a fire, um, um, water brigade kind of thing where mm -hmm. they, they, had a, they were in a stack, if you will. They went in because they literally had to get burnt to get him out. Right. And how they would do that, right? Mm -hmm. And seatbelts are on. Luckily, seatbelts weren't the type that I had to encounter in the 70s. Right. Um, so all these things occurred, and then it was the right person. Jason Schechterly has this incredible will survive, but more importantly, he has this inspirational foundation that mm -hmm. looks at anything as 5% what happens to you, 95% of how you deal yeah. with it. Right. how you react to it mm -hmm. and so when i um was going around getting reviews for my book i went to again this local legend and said hey i would love this review um would you do that and he loved what i was doing how it was a fundraiser he loved how i was a local um uh, with um crime stoppers you know for about five years i was the mm -hmm. guy on tv every week every mm -hmm. day really you know um and I had this knack for radio. I loved radio. Again, you go with your strengths, right? Yeah. This is my weakness. This is my strength. So we go radio. Uh -huh. And radio, I understood the parameters of how it worked and all mm -hmm. of that, as you well know, my friend. And a year later, he's thinking, and he's literally watching Motown, uh, of all things. And he saw some story. I, I wish I could remember the band. I don't know if it was Glass Night and the Pips. I don't know who it was, but it was somebody mm -hmm. where it was the right Fit. It was the right singer with the right group, the uh -huh. right chemistry. And again, I apologize to Glass uh, Pips if it wasn't them. Um, I don't know. They may, you know, went down in flames. But um, whoever it was was a perfect fit. It was, and and he was thinking because he had just seen Jason Sexually talking, and uh -huh. it's so inspirational to hear him talk. And he, he lectures now all around the world. Mm -hmm. At the time, he was mostly local. At the time. And he was doing something on TV, and and Dave Pratt was this our local legend, um, shock jock, uh, extraordinaire. Um, and he thought, you know, God, I wish I could pair him with someone who knows the 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 the, the you know the gig, the you know the business. And thought, oh my God, that guy who I signed a book for was on our local radio station forever. He had his own show. I, it was called mm -hmm. Five O Info. Again, building bridges with the community. Mm -hmm. Truth to lies, if you will, kind of talk about, you know, bring in people that can talk about the reality of what we do and right. not the, the hysteria. And not that there's not bad cops. We all, we all know what happened to George Floyd, the, mm -hmm. the Memphis 7. I mean, we know these horrible things occur, but mm -hmm. the more we lie about that, the more we act like it's worse than it is, the less right. officers want to be cops, the more it's defunding, the more those scenarios can develop with badly people that shouldn't be cops in the first place. Right. Exactly. So, um, so Dave Pratt thought, you know what, I'm going to put them together 
it's a podcast pay to play kind of thing, but he's just going to give it to us for free so we can get that message out. So a great guy who wants to get this platform. And I had always thought about if I had a chance to do a show of my own, mm -hmm. no, t no time limit, right? I would have the interview really in, in compelling guests. Um, then I want to have just me and, and the co-host in this case, we are co-hosts together uh -huh. talking and, you know, and I'll be honest with you. Um, I present the topics to Jason because he has such a, uh, and this is not a pun, but he has such a fire. He's truly Phoenix. Mm -hmm. uh, he just loves to talk about these um, things that hurt our community and try mm -hmm. to mend bridges, you know, building bridges between community and, and the cops. And then the end is funny. You want to leave it uplifting, right? You know, it right. took me three books to learn that, but uh, you know, it should end on a good note. And so that's why at the end, I would I went to the stupid suspect stories because uh, mm -hmm. I didn't want it to be about me. Uh, so I left the dumb Darren dilemmas in the books. Uh, but we come out with these stupid suspect stories with videos because now we can vet the information we get off the internet. Uh, we have the uh, heroic headline to showcase what someone did that was you know particularly um sometimes it's you know saving it saving a cat from a tree as silly as that sounds it just shows us what we do every single constantly it, it, every shift these yeah. heroic things are happening and then it ends with jason's inspirational closing message and he just takes something and turns it into um you know heartfelt heart, sometimes heartbreaking yeah. uh, analogies of how that 5% plays and how it's 95% of how you deal with it. To, you know, so yeah, I, I love the show. I, I, you know, we did it for four and a half years. It's on a hiatus right now. So he can do his world tour. Uh, and I love doing it. You know, having seen what you do, I know you get it. It's having a pulpit and really, truly connecting with great guests. Yeah. It was a great gig. And so now that, I put that to bed for the moment, right? Until, you know, nap time's over. Um, <laughs> and now I have a new gig. It's called the, the Badge Zone. And uh -huh. with, you know, the bizarre, the strange. It's mm -hmm. completely different. It's not like a podcast. It's me on a couch. It's almost like a late night talk show kind of thing. With exactly. someone who's a, a, a badge who has some type of incredible story. Dare I even say supernatural? Yeah. And that's going to be interesting enough uh, just from hearing how captivating your stories are. And I know your audience is going to love it. Uh, and I know we were talking a little bit. I got a little bit of uh, seasoning uh, before we actually went live. So I'm interested to see how that's going to evolve and watch it flourish. I'll definitely tune in. Uh, but what do you see yourself as your in-game goal? And I hate to say that, but if you could reach uh, uh, the, the highest heights of everything that you would want to do, what exactly would you do and how, how would you give back to the world? You know, I, I just love the idea that I've had guests on. Like, for example, there is a uh, uh, the longest prison hostage situation occurred in uh, Arizona. Okay. Uh, it was a, uh, a prison uh, out in you know, greater Phoenix area and Florence. And the male guard was tricked. He was beaten to a pulp. He has gone through like 50 surgeries. Uh, the female uh, prison guard was raped repeatedly by the this murderer and then the, the rapist. Uh -huh. And they withheld that, that you know, not days, weeks. Wow. And he's never talked about it, never shared it. 
lived in quiet desperation with PTSD, PTSI. Mm -hmm. I always say I, I say D so people know what I'm talking about, but it's really an injury when it's based on our, our job. And I had him on a show and he, it took him three shows, um, part one, part two, part three. Not that it was planned, but you know, to get him to kind of open up and talk about it. And now he's writing a book. He's at a, a good place. Uh, I hadn't talked to him that I was going to share this. So I, I won't say his name. Um, mm -hmm. But I hope he's at a good place now to have a pulpit to allow someone on that has an incredible story that has value. I hate to use the word entertainment, but that's what it is, you know, mm -hmm. for the, the viewer, the listener that may not. Um, but then there's also the, the cathartic need to help others mm -hmm. as we as cops. That's really what we're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And be able to touch some somebody out there that may learn from his story and then the third trifecta is him the guests themselves being able to be empowered to have that voice yeah. and that's why i love the fact that so many people like yourself and others have these podcasts there's no competition you know have you noticed that it's like man bring it on the more yeah yeah. yeah and so i love that aspect so if there is a oh i don't know a you know where i can you know die tomorrow and say i did this mm. it's just furthering that so other people can put out the product that we can save lives that we can alter lives that we can change the 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 attitude towards an incredible profession that saves lives mm. and dispel the the lies and own the truth yeah good point good point exactly and i know exactly what you're talking about uh Therefore, I, I love my, this platform as well, uh, having guests on the show, uh, because it's a platform. I've had a lot of uh, interesting guests. We talk about funny things. We talk about on-the-job experiences. Then we talk about very tra tragic and traumatic incidents. And uh, it's amazing to me, honestly. I've meet, met a lot of first responders all over the nation uh, and a few across the world uh, that come on the show and they express their experiences or their stories. And it's like the first or maybe less than fifth time that they've explained it in front of an audience. Uh, they talk to their family and friends know all about it, uh, but they've had serious uh, uh, situations happen that they never really got off their chest. And I'm thinking, I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm just grasping at, you know, uh, common knowledge and they're opening up. I, I again, I don't want to say any names because uh, I didn't. They, I don't know if they're watching or not, and I, I want to be respective of their stories. Uh, respectful, I'm sorry, of their stories. Uh, but they will come on, and I, I get dumbfounded because they're going deeper than I, I actually even knew what was going on. And it's such it's a good feeling that, that I can give them a platform that they can have that relief, and then to see when I talk to them months weeks days after it's happened that thank you for giving me that opportunity we i was able to get that off my chest i didn't know how much it was weighing down on me still and some of these stories are over 20 years old still that it was weighing down on me and i've taken steps to do a b and c and x y and z has also happened and i'm like wow i'm blown away just for coming on you came on I, I, I'm just having this originated just by humanizing the badge and having fun and it's having such an impact. And I know, like you said, other podcasts is wide open uh, and they're having the same impact as well. And it's doing such a good and positive thing. Yeah. You provide a safe, 
place for two reasons. One is it really is a brotherhood. I mean, we didn't even know each other. Uh, I instantly love you. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, seriously, you know, because, you know, we have to, we come from the same place of the heart. We care about the community. We want to help people. So there's that brotherhood it really is yeah. a, a family. And, and then you are so good at what you do, sir. You are absolutely very good. You, you're very giving as a host. You encapsulate it and put it in perspective and you just have a really good format here. So um, it makes total sense that you're going to, again, make such a difference in both, you know, what you do during your daytime and then, you know, your, uh, you know, your Clark Kent to your Superman and your Bruce Wayne to your Batman, you know, your alter ego here in the, uh, in the cave. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and ladies and gentlemen boys and girls stand by we're gonna come right back we got to get certain with certain be safe needs to shine too he said that he's uh he he wants to say a few words and let me see which one we're gonna do here this one right here since Streamyard's not acting up uh acting up we're gonna go to this commercial and oh can we do it nope they just did it again five four three two and Good morning. How's everyone doing? Captain Chaos, did you know that school bus safety is crucial for young students? Absolutely, Sergeant B-Safe. We must protect our little heroes from any danger. And here comes Maya. She's getting ready to go to school. Oh no! Look out, everyone! Uh-oh, that driver didn't stop for the school bus. Fear not. He's not going to do that in my town. It's time for some superhero intervention. Get him, Sergeant B. Safe. Captain Chaos, let's go get him. Sergeant B. Safe, time to power up. He committed a terrible offense by passing a school bus with its stoplights on. He will need to prepare to face the consequences. Stop that car. Get out. I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize the lights were on. I, I'll be more careful next time. <sighs> Listen. The safety of our children is of the utmost importance. Always be vigilant and attentive on the road. And remember, with great driving comes great responsibility. Thank you, Sergeant B. Safe and Captain Chaos for keeping us safe. Have a great day. I'm off to school. Maya, you have a great day at school, too. I'm glad everyone's safe and everything worked out. And as for this driver, he won't be driving reckless for a long time. In fact, you might see him crawling around, going from place to place. Drivers, remember, it's that time of year again. School buses cannot be passed if the stop sign or the lights are illuminated. You could lose your license for up to a year. And that's your tip of the day to get you on your way. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I hope you guys enjoy these back to school commercials with Sergeant B. Safe and Captain Chaos. Make sure you look at the names in the credits and get there, give them their just due. Uh, we got some Instagram stars on here as well. So make sure you like their page, uh, check them out. They're doing wonderful things for their, the community. Uh, but back into the interview, we're here with retired Sergeant Darren Birch, and uh, we had a tremendous interview. 
and I, I, I know where time constraints are, but I still want to ask a couple questions uh, because I know one of the questions we get on here a lot uh, that um, either in the comment section or with the guest on the show is that there is life after retirement. So many, so many times I get a lot of seasoned officers or even uh, rookies that come on here and they identify as being a cop or law enforcement or first responder, and you do it for. 20, 25, 30 years, you, you identify as being that. And then once you feel, I, and I quote unquote, other people have said it, not me, I'm not there yet, but it's stripped away from you uh, through the father time. And then you either have to rebuild yourself. Or you don't know who you are. You're alienated. Uh, you go back to your old department and, uh, you know, the first couple months, it still seems like you're there, but you're not there. You're just on a long vacation. Then after a few years, you go back and then no one even remembers you. Uh, or the other guys have moved on or been transferred somewhere else. And so the, the point where you're like, you're just like the old guy hanging out at the club, you know, when, when you're, you're, you're going up to the bar and you go get a beer and you see the old guy in the corner, like, why is he here? Um, what is life like after retirement? Can you give a little bit of hope to those that do not see the light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, I think, you know, we prepare ourselves to be a police officer or fire or paramedic, whatever it is, you're, you're, you're preparing for that, that, that job, that, that yeah. career field. And you, whether it be physical, whether it be, you know, making sure you're not, you know, doing stupid traffic violations. So you have, you know, all those things you, you're, you're seriously, you're preparing yourself for that path. Yep. So you should do likewise for retirement. Hmm. You should prepare for that path financially. You, mm -hmm. you should be aware of what your finances are. You know, if you've been doing a, um, uh, off-duty gig and that's part of your finances you realize you know that's going to go away unless you go to reserves or whatnot so you need to think in terms of preparing for this new adventure mm -hmm. and i don't say retirement per se because like you know I, again i didn't think i was going to write books i did i didn't think i was going to be on tv i am right. i didn't think i was going to do radio you know what i'm saying and so well, i just went down this path but i was prepared i I didn't have any bills. You know, a house was paid off. The cars are paid off. Mm -hmm. um, kids are all, my daughter's all set, yeah. you know? And so life, I had set that groundwork as part of my path to retirement and had an idea of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, that changed drastically. Tragedy occurs, life happens. And that happens to all of us. We all mm -hmm. experience tragedies and we have to adapt and then, you know, conquer. And so my advice to those listening that are just starting their career, realize it will be over before you blink. It, wow. And I know that's a cliche, but it's true. So write down stuff. Uh, everyone has a book in them. And even mm -hmm. more now than ever, people can write books. You have your, your, your process. Love it. Thank uh, you. No, yeah. It, it, so, you know, journal. It does two things. And it just doesn't give you a possible, you know, award-winning bestseller. It can also provide you with a voice for the dark days and you can talk it out. And and every therapist says, you know, I'm not a therapist. I don't mean play one on TV, but they always say journal. It, it, it's, it's, it's giving it a voice to that pain mm -hmm. and it's a process. And it starts with that. It, it's I always talk. Everyone has their own analogy. Always because I'm old. I always use the uh, tea kettle. You know, when that tea kettle is on the stove and it's, it's whistling it's going to explode if you block that hole and that's what you're doing if you don't write it if you don't journal you don't have a loved one you know a mother father sister brother somebody to 
vent to someone to, that will just let you vent for yeah. vent purposes yeah uh, and on the apartment sometimes that's not the case sometimes we're our own worst enemies to each yes. other and that's a shame so for the new officer the young officer who's starting their career um journal for the person that's at the end of their career they think they're done um realize it doesn't turn off like a light switch if you have a career in this profession then you care and you're going to care when you're no longer wearing the badge and you no longer have the title and the and the the name you, it's, you're still who you are and get involved you know i i at, when i first retired i was part of five i'm sorry 10 nonprofits. i narrowed it down to five and but then i ended up becoming the board member of those five um <laughs> And and I love what I did. It was a good thing. I did that for you know. I've been retired now ten years. I can't believe it's been ten years. Wow. And yeah. And so get involved because you can't turn off like a light switch. You you become angry, disgruntled, bitter, and wow. we've seen that. We've seen cops like that. You know. Um. And you're 100 percent right. Uh. You know the uh, cheers. You know where Norm comes in. Everyone knows your name. Yeah. And still, they're gone. And then there's a new set of people and they don't know you. Yeah. You lost your parking space. You don't have that badge number. You don't have that title of lieutenant, sergeant, detective. You know, you're, you're but you have that family. So make sure you don't abuse them during that 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 journey that you're on. That's my best advice. Good point. Thank you for sharing that. I know that did not fall on deaf ears. Absolutely. And want to give a shout out to uh, Larry Average. Uh, did I say that correctly? I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. He's coming in saying, hi, Darren. I believe he's a friend of yours. And a gifted writer. He actually is a writer and author, unlike myself. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Hey, well, Darren, I, I, we had a wonderful podcast. Uh, and we, we had talked about many things. I enjoyed having you on here. You're you're a great guest to have. You, you, you've got a humorous spirit. You can tell it's a helpful spirit. You can tell you love to give. Uh, this was very fun. This was, uh, I, I wish we could go on and on. I really wish we could. Uh, we just I, will. Heck with audience. We'll just keep going, buddy. <laughs> that, that's fine with me. That's fine with me. I, that definitely going to get you back on the show for uh, different, uh, I'm sorry, for book two and book three. And I, I'm definitely going to experience that. And we're going to keep moving this thing forward. But through the course of conversation, in the course of interviewing, I may have forgot to ask some questions or I may have jogged your memory and things that you may wanted to share with the world or something that you wanted to get out. Is there anything else that you wanted to express to any of the listeners right now or anyone that may be watching the replay? Right now, the floor is yours. One thing that I didn't talk about was FRN, First Responders Network. It is a entertainment platform for us. It is a home for heroes. Gotcha. Uh, Axon, which is you know the body cameras, the the taser, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Axon created this during the 2020 insanity. They wanted to create a um, entertainment where truth could come out, where uh -huh. you could see the reality of what occurred. So it's first responders network okay. and there you'll see the badge boys show you'll see other shows uh my new gig which is the badge zone will be there it's kind of like a twilight zone that involves <laughs> cops and anyone with a badge so uh first responders network i can't give them enough plug and they're just a, a wonderful uh place to share stories and um yeah check it out it's free 
Yeah, absolutely. Definitely will. Got to have those moments. It's nice to have something where every you don't want to go to on, on YouTube or any other social media platform or watch the news and always constantly see something negative. And not only negative with the public, you don't always want to see something negative with LEOs or first responders as well. You kind of want to you want to laugh. You 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 want to you want to enjoy the stories. You want to actually, you know what? I I'm in Pennsylvania and you're in Arizona and I I can I feel you. We made a connection and and you like I get it. And you you hear the stories and as you're just explaining stories or situations, uh, I can fill in the blanks with local faces here of people that I know that could actually fit the bill there 100. It's it's a great thing. So I definitely will be checking that out. <coughs> Excuse me, man. I this you can't be doing that while you're on live TV. I, <laughs> we just did. <laughs> yeah, <good choice. laughs> yeah, we had a great time. I definitely will be getting you back on here. I got people behind the screens looking at me. Um, that but it's all it's all fun. It's all love, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is Black and Blue. We go live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time once a week, each week. And when we go live, we go live with a special guest on their trainings, experiences, or publications, whether they're in law enforcement or a first responder. And make sure that you hit that like button on the way out. Make sure that you tag, like, and share this with your, your friends and family so we can get that information out there. Make sure you check out the book, Twisted But True. I got mine on Audible, but I know this on Amazon as well. Very easy to find. Look up uh, Darren Birch. Give him a review once you after you hear the book or hear the book or actually read it, whichever one you're going to do. Make sure you guys check that out. Check him out. Check out his podcast because you're going to enjoy it. I enjoyed having you on the show as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're going to leave with a certain be safe commercial because he said he's not, he's got to have the last word. So he's going to come in with a commercial and we will see you guys next week. All right. Let, let, there's a good one. I'm in five, four, three. Yep. There it is. Look at all the pretty butterflies in the sky. I guess I'll just cross the street here. Oh good, light's green. I'm glad I can go. Oh my gosh, watch out. Start to be safe, be small baby. Megan, watch out for that car! I gotcha. <gasps> oh, jeez. I didn't even see that car coming. Oh my gosh. Are you two okay? Yes, we're okay. Megan, you have to do a better job paying attention. I just wanted to cross the street. I didn't see you walking there. Megan, you just can't cross in the middle of the street. You have to go to the intersections and use the proper crosswalks. Wait for traffic to clear and then go. If you don't follow these simple directions, you could get a ticket for jaywalking, or worse, be hit by a car and seriously injured. I'll be more careful from now on. Ooh, look at the other butterfly. Oh my goodness. Sergeant B. Safe, you are the best. This is very true, thank you very much. I did have to turn on supersonic beast mode to jump and get Megan out of the way. Remember folks, look both ways before crossing the street and wait till the intersection's clear and cross at the crosswalks. And that's your tip of the day to get you on your way.